Hey everybody, I'm Eric Obremt and you're listening to Be Authentic or Get the Fuck Out. We talk about real shit, what's on our minds, and don't give a fuck if it makes you feel a little uncomfortable. So sit back, strap in, and get ready for some real shit. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Be Authentic or Get the Fuck Out. I'm your host, Eric Obremt. We're back here at D to Decon 6 and uh, we've got a special guest today from a space that we've actually never really talked about on the show today. Um, so I'm kind of excited for that because it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Jordan, Jordan yeah. Lee. Do you go by yeah. Jordan Lee, right? Yep. Okay. How are you, buddy? I'm doing awesome. So exciting. Like, this is super cool. Like, we haven't really seen each other for a while. It's and, been like two years. And we just happened to like... Well, last year we saw a little bit of door-to-door car. Real quick. Yeah, Before yeah, yeah. we hung out in St. George. Yeah. Yeah. In a hot tub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In and a hot tub. You told me your entire life story. Did I? Yeah. I just accidentally do that on occasion. It was like really it just, cool. Like, it just comes out. Well, I feel like that's where I got to know you a little bit yeah. better is, yeah. like, you know, your whole recovery story. I know yeah. you're pretty open about it. Yep. But, yep. yeah, I mean, you've been authentic since I hour one that. of knowing you. Hence, hence, hence the name. <laughs> hence yeah. the name of the show, right? Um, I'm really excited. We got to have a really cool conversation yesterday. We got to have a really cool conversation literally just in the last 10 minutes yeah. of getting ready to, to start this episode. Um, we don't spend a lot of time getting into, like, backstories and yeah. all that kind of shit because people kind of honestly get bored and then they tune out and, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, but something you said right before we came on camera, Yeah. two things, actually. But the one that just stuck with me mm-hmm. was that you have been very apprehensive in the past and uncomfortable sharing your story. Yeah. Right? 100%. And I would like to know the why behind that. Because I think that there's a lot of people out there listening that are also uncomfortable sharing their story. And I meet people in recovery space that I'll meet and be like, oh, you're, you're sober? Like, you've got a story? And they're like, yeah, so-and-so years. And I'm like, do you share that and tell people and, you know, whatever? And they're like... Nah, I kind of keep that to myself. And I'm like, well, that's pretty fucking selfish of you, isn't it? You know how many people you could help if you shared that story? Yeah. Right? So I'd love to know why has Jordan been apprehensive about sharing a story? What's what's there that's kept you from doing that? I think growing up, uh, you, always, you always hear about humility, yeah. right? And you want to be humble in everything you do. Correct. And I think to some time it's to our detriment. Um I, I never want to be a guy that just comes off as a prick because that's not yeah. who I am. I wouldn't be authentic, right. right? So there's a good balance, but I also am trying to be a little bit more vocal about my journey and the biggest steps that got me to where I was. And I know it's super cliche, but people talk about mindset all the time. Yeah. And. But it's a real thing. But it is so real. Yeah. It's, it's real in the fact that not only do you have to have the belief that you're going to get there. But you have to be willing to be vocal of, I'm getting there, whether, you know, almost in a, in a prideful way, like the way I'm prideful about my children, right? right? There's a difference between pride of I'm all that and, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, better yeah. and you're going to have all these properties. That's and just that. cocky. That's cocky. That's cocky yes. and ego. So, That's totally different. So I have to pull back and not judge myself. It's yep. really judging myself. Yep. Saying like, I'm on this podcast. I don't even know if I deserve to be here, right? But... I'm here, mm-hmm. and I do want to talk about and be more vocal of how I did get here. Yeah. Because it's going to help a lot of people because I struggled for a long time. I was doing things so small 
And ever since I've been more vocal about it, more people have been reaching out to me. Sure. I've had more money come to me than I've ever had before. So that's a good so, that's a good lesson is it's different than the question I asked. It's different than the question I asked, but it's a really good point. Yeah. Because the question I asked was, why do you think you were scared to share? But the answer that we ended up getting takes us somewhere else of being vocal, right? So being vocal about what you do attracts people. That's different. And I, but I, yeah. but I think that's something that people need to understand because like I become vocal by having this show and raising awareness for different mm. things, but it's brought other things to me as well, whether it's business or friendships or, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, by building that, that brand, quote unquote, right? It's given me the ability to be a, a, attractive to other humans, whether it's in a personal space or a business space. Exactly. And you want to work together. So I think there's really something in that too that we can dig into that people that are kind of hiding in the background. And, and that is the why though. Yeah. If you think about it, you were asked about the why. Okay. The why is... But you were scared I of something. I was scared yeah, there to you be... Go prideful. I was scared to come off as like, I'm all that. So I don't want to be vocal. I don't want to be, I'd rather be the silent ninja, but in my space, the silent ninjas never win. They never go big. Right. But there's a difference between, there's a difference between being humble. Correct. Right. And, and being egotistical and cocky. Yes. Right. Being humble doesn't mean that you hide. Being humble doesn't mean that you hide because I consider myself humble Right? Yeah. But I don't fucking hide anywhere. No, you don't. Right? But I consider myself, I consider, I, I think that I have humility, right, in my past, in, in my present, right? Like, when I, when I win, you know, when I have a win, I don't run around fucking town going, look what I did, motherfucker, and point, you know what I mean? Like, that's ego. That's, I don't run around saying, look what I did, right? Yeah. What I like to talk about is where I failed so that people can learn from that because then I also learn from that as well because I'm talking about it and then I just keep fucking winning because people want to be around people that have failed because of that experience. 100%. Right? It's it's not age. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's about experience and you only have experience if you've shit the bed or if you have been scared, right? Because there's so many people that can relate to the fear of putting themselves out there, right? And you you have obviously finally gotten to a point where it doesn't scare you as much. Not Agreed. as much. I'm still scared, I'll be honest, being okay. super humble. Um, because you are scared of being perceived as something. Is yeah, that correct? That's it. That's all yeah. it is, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be... Man, this is... <laughs> we were talking about getting uncomfortable, and, like, I'm coming out of my comfort zone telling, Good. like, that... The part where I struggle is, you know, people tell me to, to go be loud every day, you know, post on social media, do all this. And the reason I don't do it is because, yeah, I, I think I judge myself. And honestly, I judge others probably. And, okay. and just in the back of my mind, I'm like, are they being authentic? Like, do they actually have, like, how do I portray my true desires to help people acquire passive income without alienating people? But... I think in the end, do you see that as your, do you see that as your passion in life, or how you generate revenue so that you can do the things that you're passionate about? That's all it is. I think it goes back from when I was a kid. Not saying my parents are poor by any means. Yeah, they did really well. My dad's painting contractor, but not as well as they could. Right. Yeah. I didn't have 
some opportunities that other people had. And right. I want my children to have those opportunities. When they say, hey, they wanted to go to a gymnastics tournament in Hawaii because right. right. they're one of the best, I don't want to say, I can't afford that, you can't go. Right. When they say, I want to go, you know, pursue music or, or whatever they want to pursue, their dreams. Right. That's the why behind what I do, what I do, is be able to have not only money to provide for opportunities and dreams, but time, too. I love having time. We were talking about it, you know, a couple minutes ago. I didn't go to the after party last night because I wanted to come home and have right. that hour with my children and right. play with them, put them to bed, all that. So that's so your the why. Purpose, so your purpose for getting up in the morning and busting your ass during the day and doing all the things that you do is, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, I'm just yeah. I'm asking to understand, is to be able to have the freedom to be able to spend the time as you see fit with your family, whatever it is. I think family is the most important thing that we have in this life. My personal beliefs is that that I'm going to have them after this life. At least I hope that, right? I can't see the afterlife, but I truly hope that. So that's the only thing that really matters to me is the relationships. I look at you as my What does that mean? I'm sorry. I'm going on a fucking tangent. Tell, Tell me about that belief. I'm interested in this. Yeah, I mean, if it's simple. If do you, if do you believe in an afterlife? I don't know. Okay, most many people don't know, right? I can never say I've seen God personally. No, right? yeah. So I think that faith is not like, and we are going on tangent right here. But I, you I, this is what to. we do, man. Okay. this is what we do. I think that yeah. faith is a. It's not a knowledge. If somebody says they know. It's a figure of speech. Yeah, right? no, no, no. I totally so, get that. I'm, so I, but I'm like specific on the afterlife part and like what you believe what do I that believe? looks like. I because believe, you said something about seeing your children. I blah, believe blah, blah. that that my family is going to be with me for eternity. Okay. So we, you know. But I've, what does that look like? Like you're hanging out in the clouds? You know what I mean? Like, or is it a conscious no, thing? No, just like. I'm just, just curious. Just like I'm we're here, here on earth. Okay. Right? Okay. I think the afterlife is going to be very similar to this. Interesting. I think, you know, I personally believe that we're going to have bodies flesh really? and bone okay i personally this is personal belief i think yeah. that we're going to have an eternal family okay and i i want to be the best father and husband and friend i can possibly be because i truly believe that what we do here echoes in the eternity okay. <laughs> you know, you've seen um, gladiator but i i love that line i i think that does that belief system come extension. from your upbringing or is that something that you have that you have kind of grown into as you've gotten older and started to believe. I'm just, again, I don't know no, this world. No, yeah, I, I mean, my parents have, you know, my parents believe the same thing. Okay. But the funny thing is that you have to, you have to learn it because some of my brothers yeah. and sisters or even close family members that they grow up around that type of religion or that type yep. of belief, they, they still don't understand it because they don't take the time to actually think about it or study it. Yeah. I do. Okay. I think about it all the time. That is my deep why is okay. I, I want to provide for my family. And if I don't have the time to provide for my family, I've done something wrong. Right. I could go out and make a billion dollars, but if I've hustled, 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 and then die. Right. So what are for? you doing? What do you do to be intentional about, because you have to, you have to split time. One of the things that I talk about a lot is being intentional with your time. I know that like, I mean, I'm here, right? For two or three days and I'm away from my family. I don't get to see my wife and my kid, yep. right? And, but while I'm here, I have to be 100% intentional with what I'm doing 
right now and I have to focus on this and not be focusing on what they're doing. But when I go home and I'm spending that time with them, I'm 100%, I'm not, but I try to be 100% intentional with the time that I'm spending with them because it's quality of time, not quantity of time. Correct. Right? So what do you do on a daily to be intentional with that time so that you can split it? Because I don't believe in balance. No. Right? I believe Correct. in I believe in focus and intentionality. I'm just curious what ba- you do to do Balance, that. first off, just my definition of balance, different than most people, right? Some people are like, I need to have balance during my day, like five minutes here and five minutes. I'm the same way as you. Yeah. So when I'm going to Texas next week, I know I'm going to be working my butt off. Right. But even my wife, when she comes in and she... Maybe I'm working from home. I say, no, I'm on a call. Right. Like, this is providing for the family. But you do have to be intentional and in saying, like, hey, I've worked my butt off. I need to spend a little bit of time with my kids. Like, yep. last night, it was a decision. I was exhausted, but I went into my daughter's room and made sure I played with her little T-Rexes yeah. and make sure that I'm being a father figure yep. so she trusts me. Yes. So when I'm there, it's hard for me, right? My phone's going all the time. That's yep. the biggest I'll be honest, like, yeah. if I'm being authentic... We all have to get better at using that do not disturb fucking button that they gave us correct. to use. So if I'm being authentic, like, sometimes I'm like, ah, ah, my wife even says, no, 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 she helps me, she's yeah. she's better than me. Yeah. But that is a thing that I'm learning, I'm still going through the process, and I do try to be intentional about, is yeah. putting down my phone and making sure that I have the time to spend with them. Yep. And then also when we're on vacation, I'm pretty good about turning off my phone when I'm on vacation. Are you? Yeah. Like I'm not. It's okay. I, I am. When I'm I not. tell people I'm going on vacation, I'll, we'll send out a blast email, tell my admin, say, hey, like I'm I'm out of the service for three days in Lake Powell. Right. But um I think it's important to balance in different areas of your life. So there's a time and a season season for everything, right? Yep. It doesn't have to all be in a time and a season in the cer- in the day. Right. It could be one day with your family, one day here. But as long as you are being an active father and an active husband and, and teaching them the right ways, that's my why. Yeah. So going back to like the struggles, I think that the way the only way I can up level is by not caring what other people think of me. I'm trying to switch that brain. It's kind of when you when you knock on a door, right? D to D con right here. Yeah. My first year when I didn't get a sale, it was that mindset. I'd come home and I would stare at the ceiling. Dejected. So bad, right? By year three, you're like, you didn't get it. Well, you sell more often. But that one day that you didn't get a sell, you look at tomorrow, you're like, I'm going to sell five well, tomorrow. Well, I think the bigger story in between what you just said is how the fuck did you get from year zero to year three with the dejection? And how did you get through the dejection? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's the big, that's the story that you should be sharing with people as well, right? Because yeah. you literally just said, you know, year one knock on a fucking door and get bageled all day, right? And yep. have a shitty fucking year. Why would you even come back? It was, honestly, I want to credit my brother a little bit for the mindset. I have an older brother, Rob. He's been my partner through okay. a lot of stuff. And every time that I fail, that I get down, yep. he looks at me like I'm dumb. He actually kind of has a little bit of, you know, he's very, very direct. Okay. Is the type of personality right. who he is. He's not afraid of anyone. But he look at me like I'm dumb and you'd be like, you're going to sell tomorrow. And if you don't, you're going to sell eventually. Is he the one that told you don't be a pussy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, you're going to sell eventually. Why are you sulking? Right. We're all playing Call of Duty. Right. Why don't you go do something fun at night and de-stress? 
Love it. So when I was doing real estate, I was actually doing it on my own for years. Yep. As a real estate agent, broker, flip, fix and flips, one a deal at a time. And when my brother came in and partnered with me, he's like, you've been doing these fourplexes. You've been telling me that there's yep. the most money in these bigger units. So for our first deal, why don't we just do 70 units? And right. I was kind of like, yeah, yeah. But in the back of my mind, I was like, why Whoa. haven't I done that? That's right. That's how many I own personally. Right. You're, we're going to go get 70 units yeah. today. He's like, yeah, like, we're just going to find it. Well, fast forward just a year. We're going to have over 200 units just in one area in a four-month period. So tell everybody how what you do can benefit them. What I do can benefit them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so. Not just couple, what your accomplishments are, right? Because couple, they're Because they're a great. A couple ways, yeah. okay? So, number one, and I don't want to go over time. I'm looking. No, you're fine. Okay. Don't worry about it. So. I'll cut you the fuck off if yeah, you need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I just want to be respectful yeah, no, of time. Good. but you're good. How can I help? Number one, I think a lot of people, they do the ones and twosies, right? Yep. And for people like you, people like Sam Taggart, the one who runs the show, we've done a lot of business together, yep. right? And they don't have the time to go out and buy one Airbnb and put right. in property management and do right. all this stuff. Right. And the reality is if, if one townhome is 400 grand, if I'm buying 80 at a time, they're going to be 300 grand. Like they give you, they just, right. it's economy yeah, yeah, scale. It's yeah, kind of yeah, like Costco, right? right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so the return absolutely. actually gets bigger the bigger you go. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm partnered with people, I say, hey, I'm going to give you 80% of the net profit. Whereas if they're getting like one or two deals at a time and they get 100%, but their management fee is 10% with their property management. Yep. Mine's six because I have hundreds of units. My 80%. Is, is like 150 of what they would have made on that one unit. Right. So not only that, they're making more money. They don't have any liability. I'm the only one that signs on those loans. So I have, I'm a key principal. That's what it's called in commercial realm, right? I sign on the loans. They don't take any risk. So, like, so what's me and Sam's protection? So like, so like let's say a, a guy from here, a CEO, writes me a $500,000 check. Yeah. It's for, you know, it's on a $2 million raise that we need for a $7 million property. Okay. Right. His 500 grand gets him, you know, X amount ownership in the property. He doesn't have to sign on the loan. I go sign the in loan. In a certain property, not in a book. Not like of a book of business, but of a certain property. Of a certain property. Okay. Let me give you an exact yeah, example. We you. just, today, we are closing on 65 units in. The one that we were talking about? Yes. Yes, okay. So we, we closed on it yesterday, but the mobile notary has to come back and get, you know. Fucking mobile notaries. I know. Yeah, 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 messed yeah. up. Yeah. They were here yesterday, but we're going to get a mobile notary come back. So we should close today, right? Yep. It was 65 units. It appraised for $4 million. Okay. We bought it for $2.4 million, so okay. under $37,000 per door, okay. right? We only had to raise $1.7 million to get the deal done. $600,000 down payment and about a million dollars in renovation costs. We're going to go do, redo the roof. Yep. We're going to do all that stuff. Yep. That property will be worth about $5 million in, in a year and a half, two years, between roof, repainting, going and redoing all the units, upping rents, all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, most people don't have $1.7 million in their checking account, even if they right. are very successful. Right. The amount of people that will write a $1.7 million right. check, very small. There are a lot of people that have hundred grand. Right. So we divide it into $100,000 shares. Here you go. You, you know, some guy might write three shares. Here's three hundred grand. He's three-seventeenths owner of that property. Okay. Right? We manage it for him, and we say, we're going to give you a preferred return. If we don't hit our mark of 8%, we're not going to take a profit. If we hit that, 
we're going to take 20% of anything above that. Okay. Right? That's how we make our money. So if we find a really amazing deal. So say I invest, just hypothetically, because people yeah. listening are, are interested and confused. Yes. Say, say I talked to you before you bought this 65-door okay. flex, right? Yep. And I gave you $100,000. Yep. And I had one share of 17 or whatever it is Correct. of the property, right? Me as that one seventeenth owner, am I making is is your is your pitch that I'm making a return every year, or I'm making a return when you flip it and sell it in five? The entire time. So you make money when the first month that rents come in, you're getting eighty percent of the net profit. Let's say on that share, but one seventeenth of that. Eighty so, percent of the net profit on the one seventeenth. Correct. So okay. like, yep, that makes sense. So our our projections like on this deal was eight percent upfront. Yep. So you're gonna make on a hundred grand year one, you're gonna make about an eight thousand dollar what we call dividend checks. Yep. In real estate, it's called cash on cash. Yep. When we sell it, you're also getting eighty percent of the upside. If we decide not to sell it and we refinance it, cash out, you're getting all of your money back before we make a penny. Right. So you get your hundred grand back. And if there's any upside after we pay the investors, you're also getting 80% of that as well. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So you're, it's literally just like a partnership. You provide the money. I provide the hustle, the team, finding the bigger deal, negotiating it down. This, this deal, we worked down from 4 million to 2.4. Yeah. That's a big deal. It's a big nut. Right? It took yeah. us eight months to get that deal. That's awesome. When we raised the 1.7 million, it took us four days to raise the 1.7. Really? Because... Everybody knew it was a good deal. Right. Like I could go show it and people were like, well, I'll just buy the whole thing. No, we're doing shares. This guy has three. Or how many do you want? You want seven shares? Perfect. Right? Is there a cap on how many shares you can buy then? No. No, oh, okay. but it's first come, first serve. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So, okay. and honestly, I like having more people involved in it. I would rather have, you know, 17 individual than shares two. than two big dogs yep. because those big dogs eventually run out of money. Those little dogs are actually... Coming yes. up in the world, and they're going to invest right. more and more they in your be network. Hundred here, hundred there. Correct. Yeah, or they can do maybe three deals a year. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's called syndication, right? Okay. So I do real estate syndication. I was doing it on a small scale for years. Didn't know what it was, and I finally figured out what it was. Yeah. Wanted to go big, and that's when my brother came along. He's like, "Hey, love it. Why don't you just do bigger deals?" So tell everybody the name of the company. Yeah. So cash flowing investments is our out of state deals. Okay. Locally in Utah, our, our brokerage is Beast Real Estate. Okay. So Beast Real Estate, Utah, buy and sell homes, represent people. Yep. Anything that's on a bigger scale, yep. cash flowing investments. Cash flowing investments. Investments, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to do some business together in 2023. Heck yeah. So I'm excited about it. So Awesome. Jordan, thank you for being here, brother. Thank I'm you so much. I'm super glad that we got to spend some time together, get to know each other a little bit better, and get to know your business a little bit better. So yeah. thank you for being here, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Eric. And remember, everybody, be authentic. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out if you can't be authentic. Get the fuck out if you can't be authentic. Get the fuck out if you can't be authentic.